0: extraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen.
1: uh, Let's go in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I did feel through the worship service that I have a word from the Lord for us here today, and I believe the Lord's going to speak to us and move in a powerful way in this service. And so let's just open up our hearts and minds to receive the word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You see, for believers, the struggle is not physical sometimes even when it seems like it's physical it's not physical it says we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every Thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I want to talk to you for a few moments here this afternoon about the battle within, the battle within. Can we pray and can you just ask God, say, Lord, speak to me today. I need to hear your word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence that is in this house today. We can sense you are here and we are excited because when you are here, great things are going to happen. I I thank you, Lord, for every believer, every person that's gathered in this house of worship today but now we need to hear your voice lord we ask you to speak to us through the preaching of your word let it be anointed lord let our minds and our hearts be anointed to receive it today speak to us individually as you speak to us collectively lord as you speak to every one of us anoint this message for every one of us today and let us hear your voice give us direction clarity. Help us, Lord, to know what your will is for our lives. We ask it in the wonderful name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and we believe in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. The battle within. As believers, we are battling on many fronts. Hell and the devil have put out and all-out attack on Christian values and biblical morals and even our faith and Hollywood and and pop music. Listen, they are bold to proclaim wicked messages and and evil themes and even incorporate evil images into their videos and their singing and their songs. We are reminded of the struggles of the last day. In fact, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.1. And this is what he said to Timothy some 2,000, almost 2,000 years ago. He said, but know this, Timothy, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The New Living Translation takes that little phrase, perilous times, and says it this way, very difficult times will come. There will be difficult times. Now, now, don't worry, I'm not here ...to discourage you this morning, this afternoon... ...but listen, we are all aware of the times in which we live in. Uh, we're in these difficult times, if you will. But as weird and as wicked as the world is... ...most of the struggles that I'm having to guide people through and I'm having to help people through as their pastor is not moral questions. It's not convincing them of God's plan for their life. It's not convincing them that they need to be saved. No, the battles that are taking the most toll on believers in this hour are battles within. They are battles in the mind. You see, in this spiritual warfare that we are engaged in, we cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices. We cannot be unaware of the tactics and the things that he is using. We cannot be aloof to what is going on in our world. The adversary that roaring lion who seeks whom he may devour, the adversary of all that is good and all that is of God, the adversary is attempting to steal our soul and to steal our happiness and to steal our worship by trying to influence the way that you think. It's an attack on Our minds. And there is a reason for this. There's a reason that the attack from the adversary is an attack on our minds. There's a reason there is such an attack on the mental well being of humans because it is true that the difference between the weak person and the strong person is the way the person thinks. The difference between the resilient person or the overly sensitive person is the way the person thinks. The difference between the one who dwells in discouragement or the one that nothing seems to steal their joy. Let me tell you what the difference is it's the way that that person thinks. And so, isn't it interesting that in the oldest book of the Bible, not Genesis, that's not the oldest book in the Bible, the oldest book in the Bible, the first, uh, the oldest book that, the oldest written book in the Bible is a book called Job. And in that book of Job, it's interesting that the oldest book is really a picture of the true the reality of the human struggle. It's a picture of a life this man Job who and it's a picture of this man wrestling with what to make of life's challenges. What to do? How to how to think through, how to conceptualize, how to work out that his life has not gone the way he anticipated even though he's lived faithful to God. Can I get an amen somebody? Yeah. It's all there in the book, I'm telling you. Everything you can think of or worry about is in that book. He's got health issues. He's got terrible health issues. He's got pain in his body. He's got pain all over his body. He's got family issues. His marriage isn't the best, I'll tell you that. I'm telling you, his wife at one point says, just curse God and die. I'm tired of you, you know, come on. He, he's got marriage problems. He's got health problems. He's got faith questions he wonders where are you God through all of this he's got all of he's got financial struggles he loses all of his well-being all of his finances all of his assets and it's all in that oldest writing of scripture is the picture of the reality of being a human and Job doesn't know that what is happening in his life is connected to a struggle in the heavenlies you see we get the whole story but Job's just living through it and he doesn't get to know that God's had a conversation with the adversary he doesn't understand he doesn't know that how he Job approaches his life struggle will determine the victory or defeat on a battlefield that is bigger than the world he can see are you hearing what I'm saying today there's something more at stake in Job's working through the struggles of life than just his own little world. He is, he is part of a bigger problem. He is part of a bigger struggle. Listen, what you allow to happen in your mind when you face the realities and the, and the normalities of life determines the victory or defeat in one of the greatest battles we all fight. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest battles we will all fight is the battle that takes place in our minds second corinthians 10 3 let's read it again because it's worth noting here the apostle said for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty in god for pulling down strongholds now we know paul's talking about spiritual warfare here paul's talking about a battle weapons and and all these different things and then this is what he says he says we're not battling in the carnal we're not we're, we're not battling in the flesh we're not battling these things and here's how says he says our battle is casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ this is the only place paul goes this direction in romans 12:2 they'll throw it on the screen he said and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I would be remiss as a preacher, I would be remiss not to take this moment to remind you that we need to be careful what influences we allow to infiltrate our minds. (laughs) You need to be careful. I wouldn't be a good preacher unless I said you need to be careful what you allow your eyes to see, what you allow your ears to hear, what you expose your mind and your soul to. Be careful what you dabble in and what you explore. Be careful what websites and what apps you give access to your mind. Because there are some spirits in this world that we are battling. And they are attacking our mind. So many people, and I'm not talking believers. I'm just saying in this world, so many people have given their minds access to spirits and influences of the world. And that's why I believe so many minds are disturbed and don't recognize because people, we don't recognize the spiritual nature of the influence of our minds. There's a battle for your mind. You're in a fight for your mind. And there are three spirits, there's probably more, but there's three that I want to address today that are in the scriptures that we as believers are often struggling with that seem to come and, and try to bother believers. Three spirits that I want to quickly talk about. The first one that I want to talk about is in 1 Timothy 1, 1.7. Here Paul writes again to Timothy and says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. I want to talk to you about the spirit of fear because the Bible says God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Did you notice that the spirit of fear is not part of a sound mind? And the church cannot be held by the spirit of fear. Our minds are flooded with bad news all around nothing but bad news out there. I'm telling you, they don't even give you pictures of cats and dogs, strays being found anymore on the news. It's bad news after bad news. And now you can flip on the news and we got through two years of bad news every day through COVID. And then we got into more bad news. And now guess what? Are you still looking for a a little story of a stray cat up in the tree? It's not there. Turn on the news now and Israel's going to war and they're being bombed and and they're going in and what's the world going to do? And I'm just telling you there's a lot of bad news out there wars and rumors of wars israel gaza housing prices are up and and, and they're upset about that and now the news is housing prices are down and we're upset about that come on somebody i saw one article housing prices are up we need to be worried then i saw an article this week housing prices are down we need to be worried (laughs) that's in the world Interest rates are up. You know what? Grocery prices are up. Buying a loaf of bread has become expensive. Milk is expensive. Gas prices. I'm just telling you, there's a lot in this world to worry about. Economic difficulties. Listen, there's a lot to be fearful of. And we can feel that spirit of fear in the world. Sometimes it even gets into our minds. Jesus said in Luke 21, and there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations. We're seeing distress of nations right now with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And then he said in that, in that last condition there that men's hearts would be failing them for fear. There would be a spirit of fear on the earth. That men, people, would be, they would have health issues, is what the Bible's saying. They're going to have health issues because of the fear that's in the world and is in their life. He says there's a, there's a spirit of fear. Men's heart's failing them for fear of the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Verse 27 says, then they will see the Son of Man coming with a, in a cloud with, great, with power and great glory and then like good old Jesus does he gives us the antidote for the spirit of fear. He says now when these things begin to happen look up and lift up your head because your redemption Draws near. Can I let, let, let me give you the prescription, the antidote for the spirit of fear? You got to get your mind out of the world and place your mind in things that are above. You got to, I'll tell you what we need to do as the church. We need to think about heaven a little more. Come on, somebody. We need to not focus on the world and focus on heaven. We need to think about the good things that God is preparing for those that love Him. I, I got to tell you something. Some of you, some of you listen. And I, I grew up in an old-time Pentecostal home. Amen. So did some of you. And I'm telling you, my parents, Jesus was coming every day. <laughs> I'm just telling you, we were so scared of the coming of the Lord. I can remember, and I hope he never sees us, my brother, as a little boy one night, crying in his bed, scared to death that Jesus was coming that night. I, my parents, I'm telling you, every day was the day Jesus was coming, <laughs> I've been in the last days my whole life. That's true. Come on, any old-time Pentecostals here. I've been in the last days. All of my days have been the last days. All of my days have been the last days. But I'll tell you, and, and I'm laughing about that, and I'm joking about that. And now and, and I'm telling my kids, kids, these are the last days. You know? I'm telling them. I'm telling them. But let me tell you what that does. It keeps my mind on things above. <laughs> hey. It keeps my mind thinking about what Jesus is preparing for. It keeps my mind. I'm telling you, there's something about keeping your mind on the things of heaven and keeping your mind on the promise of heaven that it does something. It's an antidote for the spirit of fear. I I just told this story this morning, but but I sat by, uh, Stephanie and I sat by the bedside of a a lady in our church that was such a precious lady. She was eaten up with cancer, and, and I did her funeral just a few months ago, but she was a partner with me in ministry. She would cook, and we would do Bible studies, and she would prepare the meal, and and I would do the Bible study. And and she was eating up with cancer and and sitting there at her bedside just in pain and and in medication. She She was not even there in the room, you know, because she was so full of medications. And my wife and I went in to really say our goodbyes to Sister Rita. I sat by Sister Rita's bed, and I knew this was the end. And I said, Sister Rita, I said, this is it. And she said, and nothing, no movement there. And I said, Sister Rita, but you're going somewhere great. You're about to head to somewhere that is amazing. And her eyes opened up, and she said, I know. And she went back down. I'm telling you, my wife can tell you this story. And I said, Sister Rita, the way you're going, there's not going to be any more pain. What you felt in your body, that's not over there. You're not going to feel that pain. And she came out of it and opened her eyes, and she smiled, and she said, I know. And she went back into the state, and I said, oh, my Lord. I said, Sister Rita, listen, what God has prepared for you over there is so amazing, what you're about to receive. And she opened up her eyes, and she smiled, and she said, I know. I'm telling you, if you know the goodness of God, if you know what he's preparing for you, if you understand heaven, nothing can scare you. Nothing can put fear into your life. Nothing can keep you from what God has prepared for you. Jesus said, when you start to see all this stuff happen, look up and lift up your head. Why? Because I need a reminder, He's in control of everything. And nothing in this world, nothing in this world compares to what He's prepared for His people. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands under the Lord for just a moment. We got a great promise. We got a great promise. We need to be heavenly minded. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. This world is not our home. He said, you don't have to be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. We need to be heavenly minded yes. to come against the spirit of fear that's in the world. I'll tell you why, because the spirit of fear has a sister spirit. It comes with it. It's The Bible calls it the spirit of heaviness. We might call it depression, discouragement. The spirit of heaviness. We know the spirit of heaviness because I can tell you, I... I work with churches and I pastor a church and and I just know that we know the spirit of heaviness because we're battling it in the church. The spirit of heaviness. Now it's called things like depression or mental illness or anxiety disorder or, uh, but I just think it's just a, a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of discouragement. Do you know what statistics say? These are not Bible stats, these are society stats. They say that just 45% of Gen Zers report that their mental health is good. That's an overwhelming amount of people that are saying, I'm struggling. People still, we joke about COVID, but let's be true, we still haven't recovered from the trauma of COVID. We still got a little bit of bruising and some stuff that needs to heal from what we went through in pandemic, there's a real spirit of heaviness that is in this world. Unmet expectations, betrayal, social media envy and comparison, lack of self-confidence among young people, poor body image, bullying, meanness, hatefulness. Uh, there's just a heaviness in this world that can get a hold of you. and Your mind can become very dark. But in the book of Isaiah... The Word of God tells us that we can actually exchange away the spirit of heaviness. That we can choose to give it away and exchange out the spirit of heaviness. The book says in Isaiah 61.3 that you can exchange the spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. <laughs> That's what Isaiah 61.3 says. The garment of Praise. For the spirit of heaviness. Can I tell you what the antidote to heaviness is? His praise. Listen. That's why. Oh my goodness! I feel the Holy Ghost. That's why. Listen to me. That's why. When you are battling a spirit of heaviness, and you come into the house of the Lord, you don't feel like worshiping, and you don't feel like praising, and it's a bit of a struggle even to raise your hands and say thank you, Jesus, because you're overwhelmed and you're 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 feeling that spirit of heaviness. But anybody who's been in the church for a little while knows the moment you begin to lift up your hands and lift up your voice in praise, the moment you. begin to declare the goodness of God. It is like the spirit of heaviness has to leave. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. You know what? Somebody lift your hands right now and give him praise. Somebody go ahead and give him thanks. Somebody go ahead and declare the goodness of God in your life. Praise is the antidote to heaviness. Praise Is the antidote to discouragement. Why? Because what is praise? Praise is an expression of gratitude. Praise. Praise is saying thank you for what you've done. It's thankfulness. I know last week Pastor talked about thankfulness. Thankfulness is the key to victorious thinking and victorious living. It's thankfulness. You don't know that, you don't believe it's that simple, but I'm telling you, thankfulness is the key to being a victor and victorious thinking and victorious living. You can break away from the spirit of heaviness through praise and thanksgiving. Somebody say it again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Science has proven this to be true. You can actually now go onto Amazon and buy gratitude journals. Now let me save you a little bit of money. They charge you $25 more to put gratitude on the front of that book. It's a lined paper in a book. (laughs) But they put gratitude on the front and charge you 25 extra dollars. (laughs) But what's a gratitude journal? I'm telling you. And if you're battling discouragement, listen to me. If you're battling heaviness, listen to me, because it works. There's a science to gratitude, they say. In fact, studies after studies are out there. But one recent one, the University of California, Berkeley, they did, a, they did an article called The Science of Gratitude. And this is what they said. They said more and more studies have examined possible connections between gratitude and various elements of psychological well-being. In general, more grateful people are happier, more satisfied with their lives, less materialistic, less likely to suffer burnout additionally some studies have found that this gratitude process like keeping a gratitude journal or writing a letter of gratitude can increase people's happiness and overall positive mood some of you wives got to get your husband in a gratitude journal (laughs) praise god listen i have to do it i'm telling you i I do it i'll do this Every morning as part of my prayer and as part of my my time of devotion, I take out a piece of paper on my iPad. It is. It's a piece of paper on the iPad. And I write down three things that I'm thankful for every day. You know what it'll do for you? It'll change the way you look at life. And here's what the science says. You can actually rewire your brain to stop thinking that everything's wrong. And start knowing God's been good to you. You can rewire your brain by just writing three things. If you're battling discouragement, tomorrow take out a piece of paper and write three things you're thankful for. And then the next day, write three different things you're thankful for. And the next thing, your wife is going to say, what happened to you? I'm picking on the men here today. But this is what the article says. Listen, this is the article from Berkeley. Gratitude can also benefit people with various medical and psychological challenges. For example, one study found that more grateful cardiac patients reported, you're not ready for this. This is just being thankful. It reported better sleep, less fatigue, lower levels of cellular inflammation. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Listen to this several studies have found that more, here it is, you ready for the science? More grateful people experience less depression and are more resilient following traumatic events. As usual, though, the Bible was way ahead of science. (laughs) Because writing from a prison cell, the Apostle Paul sitting behind bars in prison, wrote about the antidote to the spirit of heaviness. Here in Philippians 4, 7, writing from prison, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. He said, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. The spirit of fear. The spirit of heaviness. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. With prayer and supplication. It's not just saying, Lord, I need you. It's not just, Lord, I need you to fix this and I need you to do this and Lord, I need you to heal this and Lord, I need you to make this right. He said, Come saying, Lord, you've never done me wrong. Lord you are you've done so much for me. Lord you're great and greatly to be praised. He said let your request be made known. He said by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and huh, the peace of God. The peace of God as you begin oh, hallelujah as you begin to give thanks to God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. As you begin to think and thank the goodness of God and recognize the goodness of God, he says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense. Uh, You can't explain it. It's better than a pill. It's better than a drink. It's better than, listen, it's better. He said the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Oh. And minds through Jesus Christ. Something about looking at your life just as it is in whatever circumstance that you're in, and saying, but God, you've been so good to me. (laughs) Something about that brings peace into your mind and into your heart. (laughs) And so what somebody needs to do right now is in the midst of the pain that's in your body, In the midst of your bills not being paid. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In the midst of your family falling apart. In the midst of a marriage that's struggling. You know what somebody in this room needs to do right now? In the midst of these crazy circumstances, throw both hands in the air and say, but Lord, you've been nothing but good To me, you've been enough. You're all that I need. You never fail. Come on, somebody give the Lord some praise for just a moment because you are coming against the spirit of heaviness that's come against you. Come on, for another moment. Somebody lift up your voice to the King of Kings and in the midst of everything not being all right, praise the one who does everything right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, that that would be an easy place for me as a preacher to end this sermon. In fact, part of me thinks I should. except i would miss one of the mind attacks that we're dealing with that is so important the last spirit that we must overcome is the spirit of offense Proverbs 18:19 the wise man said a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentions are like bars of a castle. You know, this is important for us to note because Jesus did give us a promise. He promised us heaven and we talked about that. There's something else Jesus promised in Luke. He said, let me give you a word. Offenses will come. You are going to be offended somebody's going to hurt you, betray you, say something about you, talk behind your back, say something mean to you, you will be offended. He promised in Luke 17:1 offenses will come. He made it clear. People will hurt you, criticize you, gossip against you, say things against you. It has always been. But never like today has there been a spirit of offense like there is today. Never has a spirit of offense so gripped a society like it has gripped our world today. If you don't understand, listen, our world is looking for a reason to be offended, looking for something to be mad about, a reason to go protest, a reason to post something on Instagram, a reason to, to record a video on and you know, go live. If you don't believe that's true, listen, people even got offended about Mr. Potato Head being called Mr. Potato Head. That's true. That's true. Google it. They're still trying to figure this out. What are we going to call him? Is it a hymn? Google it. It's real. That's real. That's a world that's looking for a reason to be offended. That's a society that's trying to find a way to be offended. But the problem is, with being offended, is that it is a prison for your mind. Yeah. Offense is just that; it is a fence around your mind. The person who is offended, listen, they think only about the hurt. They dwell on it. They rehearse it in their mind. They focus on it over and over. And the problem is, they begin to see everybody through the eyes of being offended. There's a, a gentleman in our church. He's a an animal control officer in a number of municipalities around our city and uh, and, and he, he, he traps and and one time he had trapped coyotes he does and he trapped a coyote and he, and he brought me to see this coyote in the trap and there's a saying in, in, in some 12-step um, programs it says that hurt people hurt people this is the problem with the fence is that people who are hurt, tend to hurt others because they see everybody through the eyes of offense. And so... I don't know, is that it, Lord? Is this it? I don't know what that sound was. Help me, Lord. Because it could be today. Come on, somebody. Come on. So this guy took me to see this coyote in this trap. I'll never forget it because this coyote in this trap is hurt. The trap's around its leg and it's bleeding and it's hurt. And he can hardly get in to take the trap off because it is so hurt that it's lashing out. It's barking and it's lashing out and it's, it's growling and it just, it won't even, and, and this guy wants to come in, now hear me, and take the trap off to set this coyote free outside of trouble. But because it's hurt, Even the people coming to help, you're not hearing what I'm saying. This is why you got to overcome being offended about everybody and from it. Because if you if you're offended, if you stay with the spirit of offense, you will see everybody through those eyes. Everybody's someone who's going to hurt you. Everybody's somebody who's going to betray you. Everybody's going to do you wrong, and you treat people just like that. That's why. We've got to overcome this spirit of offense. We cannot allow ourselves to be taken by the spirit of offense because hurt people will hurt people. And if you stay offended, it will hurt others and impact others because offended people are on a war path. Some people try to, in their offense, they try to justify their unhappiness. I'm unhappy because they did this to me. You don't understand what I've gone through. I've got a reason to be offended. You don't know what they did to me. I've got a reason to be angry. But why would you want to stay trapped in that mental prison when there is freedom available for your mind and for your heart? You say, Pastor, you've given us the antidote to the others. What's the antidote for the spirit of offense? I'll tell you what the antidote for the spirit of offense is. Close your eyes and place yourself at the foot of the cross. Oh, praise God. There's something about seeing the suffering Savior who has nails in his hands and through his feet who's wearing a crown of thorns and blood's pierced his scalp and his forehead. There's something about seeing someone who has every reason to be offended, who's been betrayed and hurt both physically and emotionally, who has been bruised and beaten and pierced, spit on and mocked, and yet never responded with anything except, Father, forgive them. Not what they do. In the midst, in the midst of the pain, Jesus looks to the thief on one side. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. In the midst of his pain, he could be angry at those that have hurt him. Angry at the, he could be cursing and swearing at those that have nailed him. Those who are mocking him. But no, in the midst of it, he can keep his eyes on others. He looks down at his mother. John take care of my mother. Mom take care of John. In the midst of it, he's able to keep his mind on helping others even in the midst of his pain. You want antidote for offense? Place yourself at the foot of the cross and realize he's doing that for me. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that no word of condemnation came out of your mouth. Thank you that you never rebuked them, that you never dealt harshly with them. Thank you, Lord, that you never spoke unkindly. Thank you for the cross because it shows us that we don't have a right to be offended. Close with this. In Mark 5 1, and Cassandra, you can get ready. The Bible tells a story about a man who was battling spirits. Let, let me just read it to you. It says, And they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs, crying out and Cutting himself with stones. You see, this man's struggles have gotten to a place that people had to push him away. His battles, his spirits, the things he's allowed into his life, the things that have taken over no longer. People aren't even willing to deal with him anymore. They've pushed him out. They tolerated him for a while, and they tried to help him, but that spirit that had plagued this man's mind, it had such a grip on him that it had taken possession of him, and he opened himself up to some wickedness, and, and now he's, he's full of darkness, and they've pushed him. He's been so hurt by people, he can't even be around people. He's been made his residence now out by the tombs in the graveyard. Can't even be around people. He's so overcome with these spirits But the Bible gives Some of the most incredible hope In this next verse Because the Bible says That when he saw Jesus from afar He ran and worshipped him And he cried out with a loud voice You say why is that important pastor I'll tell you why Because even every spirit that he was battling in his mind, with everything that had taken a hold of him, with every battle and everything he was facing, nothing could keep him from calling out to God. Nothing could stop. I don't know what types of spirits he was battling, but I know this. Those spirits were not powerful enough to keep his soul from crying out and saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus. Amen. And I think it's noteworthy to see how the scripture describes his miracle. Mark five fifteen says, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed And in his right mind, it was such a radical change, says they were afraid, to see this man in his right mind. Listen, I believe the Lord wants to do a healing in this place tonight. And the healing that he wants to do is going to be so radical in your life, people are going to say, what happened to them? sitting there in his right mind, the Bible says. The battle had been won. His mind was right. My friend, Jesus can heal whatever's come against your mind. Stand with me as we get ready to close all across this place. I want you to know Jesus can heal the brokenhearted. Jesus, if you have been offended, Jesus can take away the sting of offense out of your life. If you've been hurt by somebody, Jesus can take away the sting of that hurt in your life. I want you to know Jesus can change your mind. Jesus can heal. If you're battling anxiety and fear, I've come to tell you there is healing for it. The Lord is able to heal you of whatever has come against your mind. Jesus can heal your mind. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can take away the sting. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. You need to write this scripture down and read it this week and go over it and over it. Not this one, but Isaiah 26.3 that says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on you, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever." for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Oh, praise God. My friends, we don't need more Netflix. We need more prayer. We don't need more... Seasons of anything. We don't need more reels. We don't need more stories. We need more devotion. We need more worship. We need more of the word in our lives. We don't need more Facebook. We need more of the holy book. Uh, We need the scriptures. Uh, What are you telling us? I'm saying set your mind on things that are above. Uh, Set your mind on him. Your mind will get perfect peace Uh, when you said, we don't need more of the world. We need more of the things that are above because you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Oh, just lift your hands again right now. The Spirit of the Lord is in this house. The Spirit of the Lord is in this house. You can feel the Spirit of the Lord is here in this house. Come on, set your mind on Him right now. Somebody place yourself at the foot of the cross. Somebody place yourself in the presence of the Lord. Somebody think about the promises of God in your life. Set your mind on Him right now. Set your mind on Him right now. We trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you. you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just wait on the Lord for another moment. I'm about to invite people to come, but just just for another moment, just wait on the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can sense his spirit here right now. Oh, what a wonderful God we serve. Listen to me for just a moment because we're about to open up this altar for everybody who wants healing and help to come. Some of you are battling and through this preaching, the Lord has revealed what the battle you're battling has been. You haven't been able to understand why you're not happy, but through the preaching of the word, it's like a light went on. I'm, I'm battling the spirit of fear. Some of you have been just upset your family calls it a bad mood, but you understand it's a spirit of heaviness now yeah. that you've been ba- you've just been battling, and the battle you've been battling is a battle of the mind. I want you to know, Jesus heals the mind. That's right. Jesus can heal a broken heart. Yeah. Jesus can take away fear and worry and anxiety. Yeah. Jesus can give joy where there once was discouragement. But listen to me. Only what is revealed can be healed. Jesus came to a man with a withered hand. And Jesus, he said, you want healing? Stretch forth your hand. What was it? I got to reveal what I need healing. He goes to blind Bartimaeus. His name is blind Bartimaeus. He says to blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Blind Bartimaeus has got to say, I'm blind, and I need to be healed. Says to the man with his bed laid by the pool, what is it you need? Because only what is revealed can be healed. And you don't have to reveal everything here today, but maybe you're here, and you need a healing of your mind. If that's you, I want you to come to this front real quick, because I'm believing for the Lord to do a miracle work in this service. And we're going to pray for one another. Is there anybody who will say, I need to pray for. Come on. Is there anybody? Come on up here, ladies. God bless you. Is there others say, I need, to, I need a healing. I, I'm battling. I, I need a touch in my mind. Come on up here if there's anybody else. Come on. Don't be afraid because the Lord is speaking into your life. And there's something powerful about stepping out from where you're at and saying, I need Jesus to fix this right now. Is there anybody else? Come on up here. Just We're gonna pray in just a minute and we're gonna fill this altar. I need, listen, something good happens when the people of God gather together for prayer. His spirit comes into the place in a special way and Jesus wants to heal every person that
0: needs joy. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, ExtraordinaryChurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at ExtraordinaryChurch.ca.